everybody, and welcome to the Comedy Corner Extra at Night. I'm your host, Chris Thomas. And usually on the show, what do I always do? I'm always interviewing somebody. But tonight, I'm letting somebody interview me. As a gentleman, I've been promised I'm going to do his podcast called Bridging the Generation. The gentleman here to my right is Malak, and we have D, his co-host. And we're going to have a great show because I get to sit back and let people ask me questions. So let's get on with the show. The word of the day, D, is health. Health is the state of being free from illness or injury or a person's mental or physical condition. So now we know the word of the day is health. Take care of yourself. Get your vitamins. Get your ginger. Drink plenty of water. And stay healthy. Now it's time for the podcast, Bridging the Generation. Malak, you ready? Let's rock. Yeah, okay. Welcome to Bridging the Generation podcast. I am your host, Malak Arif, and I also have my co-host, D. Uh, today, we have a very, very, very special guest. I know I say that very often, but you know I'm always coming with that heat. But when I'm talking about heat, I'm talking about one of the pioneers in comedy as far as uh, the DMV area, as far as uh, entertainment, uh, television entertainment. I'm talking about uh, one of my favorite uh, impressionists of all time. And I'm talking about the one, the only, Chris the Mayor Thomas. How you doing, bro? What's going on, brother? Yes, sir. Hey, look, so a lot been going on, brother, and I would love to cover so many things, man. But first of all, man, how are you doing, man? How you feel, bro? I'm doing good. No doubt. No doubt. I haven't took my, my shot. Right, right. So I want everybody to get there so I don't have to take mine. Okay. Okay. Well, you look good, man. I thank you, bro. You look, you look the same as you looked back in 1989. <laughs> well, you I, know, I found the fountain of you. No doubt. No doubt. So, look, I want, I want to go back. I want to go back. Okay. Um, you know, most, most, uh, you know, most fans of your work, man, they don't know the story. Right. They don't know the story. So take me back, man. Take me back to Chris Thomas as, as a young kid. What, what, was, what was Chris Thomas like as a young kid? Well, I've always had dreams of, I've always just been this type of guy when I was growing up to think about how wonderful the world would be. No doubt. If people just got along with each other. Okay. So, when I was young, I used to watch this show called Superman. This was black and white Superman. And... I used to... Um, you know you're aging yourself. Probably. That's all right. That's all right. You got to get there, though. Yeah, I know that's right. You got to get there. Yeah, yeah. So I used to have this uh, uh, imagination mm-hmm. that I could fly. That didn't work out too well. Right, right. So I guess uh, I started doing impressions. Okay. I could, I could look at someone on television and I would do impressions like Donald Duck. <laughs> Or Richard Pryor. This is this and that and everything. <laughs> and uh, the rest is history. Right, right. So, what was the first impression? Donald Duck. Okay. Donald Duck, and I think Yogi Bear was the second one. Okay. Okay. Everything was based on cartoons. Okay. So, take me back. You know, like I said, you 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 started off. You you realized that you had this uh, this talent as a young child. Right. 
when did you feel that you was ready to perform in front of people to uh to perform live you know oh uh, well that came along uh later on like in junior high school we used to have uh talent shows okay but it really didn't kick off till, till senior high school we had a thing called blue and gold mm, explain that uh it was a talent show at in senior high school okay now first of all i was on the morning announcements mm. so i was leading myself up to that no doubt and they had a talent show and i, I would love mimicking now i used to actually mimic the six million dollar right. man i used to make myself run real slow <laughs> and I had to play like I was looking. <laughs> and I would pick up things like and make that noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and I was shine. Right. I right. was shine up until uh, my school used to ask me to do assemblies mm. when they were trying to raise money and okay. they used to pay me. They used to pay me to do assemblies. Wow. So, so when you was in high school, you was you was known as you was you was popular. I was very popular. Popular for you know. I wasn't. I didn't play any sports. Right, right. You and know, you got some they, height on you, brother. Well, you know the ladies like athletes. Right. But I told them I was a eraser beater. <laughs> <laughs> I to come out of school and I had to beat those erasers. <laughs> I know that's right. So you, did did you get a, did you get any trouble in in, in school, man? Because I, I when I hear of comedians, man, most right. of you guys, man, used to. You know, well, y'all had frequent frequent uh, visits to the principal office. I never got suspended. Right. I did get in trouble for making cracking jokes okay. during school time. No doubt. But I yeah. got through it. Okay. Now, now, when you was in school, what were some of the impressions that most of the, uh, the, the, the kids in school would ask you to do? Uh, Howard Cosell and Mohammed. That's it. Howard Cosell, of course, <laughs> Mohammed. Cosell, I'm the greatest. Yeah. I beat Joe Fraser. Will Cannon on son of list. Now, yeah. what, what about you, O.J. Simpson? Well, yeah. man, first of all, yeah. well, people really don't understand about the juice. <laughs> no doubt, man. So I, 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 when I when I think about, you know, local comedians, man, some of the great comedians that come out of this area, I'm thinking of guys like Martin Lawrence. Right. I'm thinking of guys like Earthquake. And I got to put you in that category, brother, of because when I was a kid, man, Growing up here in Washington, D.C., right. I used to see Chris Thomas, Tommy Davidson, right. and Martin Lawrence flyers everywhere. Didn't know who these guys were. Right. Didn't know anything about comedy, but I just remember seeing you guys flyers everywhere in the city. So talk about that time in, 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 in the early 1980s, man. Talk, what was that like, you know, uh, you know working uh, with these brothers and being around a lot of these uh, legendary comedians? Well, I can tell you that I wasn't the first one. It was a guy named Catfish Mayfield, mm. who used to be at the IBEX. Heard that name before. And even though he didn't introduce me, right. because I was kind of paid in my own way, mm -hmm. I used to go to clubs and ask them, can I come on stage? Right. During their, um, uh, they had a certain time they had to have the glasses off the table. Okay. So I used to ask them, can, when they were uh, picking up the glasses or liquor bottles or right. Or the beer bottles, could I do some jokes? But it was uh, Catfish Mayfield and Greg Cooper. Greg Cooper. Now, Greg Cooper was the first one that went on the Tonight Show mm -hmm. from Washington, D.C. But me and a friend of mine named Peter Dean, we changed the level. We, we changed the whole game. Now, talk about it a little bit. What do you mean? Well, 
He had another vision. He went to Strayer College. He was the uh, editor of the newspaper. Okay. And I actually won Strayer's talent show. Okay. In 1980, I won $1,500. Oh, in the I was balling. He was about money. I know. <laughs> I won $1,500. And he was like, man, I see you. I, see, I have a vision for you, bro. And he started taking me to all the promoters like Tiger Flower, mm -hmm. G Street Express, Dimensions Unlimited, mm. and he would take me around and ask them to give me some time on stage. Okay. And they did. So eventually things just start happening. Then he went to different comedy play clubs or clubs that just starting out. And he would say, you know, I'm gonna go out here and promote. He was now he was one of the hell of five promoters. Right. Okay. But he wouldn't promote long. He would promote in a week. Right. He saw a vision of a thousand people. Mm. And basically in a week. Right. And it doesn't happen like that. You're not gonna sell a thousand tickets in a week. Okay, let me let me let's let's go back a little bit. He was pre-promoting, but he wanted I get it. His concepts right. were great. Right. But he needed time to put right. them on. To, to, right. to cultivate the idea. Right. I, I get it, I get it. So talk take me back. When was what was it like, you know, performing for the very first time, you know? You remember like where did you perform? Well, I, it was in it was in high school. Okay. No, we talk about. I'm, I, I'm okay. talking about professionally. Professionally. Let me let me clarify. Oh yeah. Uh, after you, uh, Miss Black, teenage pageant. I did a show with Max Roach. Okay. He was a very famous drummer. Right. Right. I know Max Roach, and jazz drummer. And I performed at the, uh, you know, for the pageant. Wow. That was really my first time at the Warner Theater. Now, what was that experience like, man? Was you was you nervous? You know, you had the well, being young, butterflies. Being young, then people gave you an opportunity. It wasn't like you go to Apollo, here's a young cat and they ain't like you. Right. Because I was doing all impressions. Okay. So, I mean, when I went to Howard University, I was mm. there as a, the children's theater. Okay. And then I became of the became a part of the drama department. Right. And I would go on stage and do my Wolfman. All right, it's a Wolfman check tonight here on the midnight. Being nice special. You're taking it back, brother. You're taking it back. And so. George Burns. Hello there. Here's your George Burns. <laughs> so I would do I would do yeah. my whole set was impressions yeah. back then. Right, right. It wasn't no jokes. So when did you when did you uh you know start to put it put together like a, a routine, you know? Well I was doing impressions and a friend uh, another friend uh I used to go to his house and he used to say, Man, he used to start telling, talking, and telling jokes. Right. And uh, that's what I want to do. I, said, I don't want to re rely on these impressions. Yeah, because it, 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 it would come off as kind of gimmicky. After right. A while. So I started doing jokes about my life. He would right. tell different stories about his life. Okay. Then I started putting together a show. Mm. Okay. And, and guess what? Right. Yeah. A lot of impressionists, all they do is do impressions. Right, right. Yeah. But I started putting celebrities in situations okay like i used to do a, a, a skit about celebrities making love what would they say like john wayne well you better bend that stuff over right right see see back and see during those days man you know I look at where comedy is at now, right. and I look at where comedy was at back then. It seemed like you guys were much more raw. Am I saying like something that's... a little more freedom? Exactly. Am well, I, of course. I, I mean, you got to understand, uh, for black comedians, 
uh, it didn't open up really not until, I know there was Flip Wilson right. and there was the Red Fox and okay. Richard Pryor, but it didn't really open up until cable came along. Mm. And cable TV came along, that's right. when it opened up. That's right. when you could curse on, okay. on, on HBO. No doubt. Uh, and then Def Jam came. Okay. That changed the game. And that changed the game. Changed the game. Yeah, yeah. And then everybody loved it. Right, right. Everybody loved Def Jam. It made it made so many stars. Right. I already had my fifteen minutes of fame. Okay. So I didn't get in on that. Everybody already knew Chris Thomas from from BET. But actually, Bob, Bob Johnson did the first comedy special on BET called the. BET Comedy Special with Robin Harris. He was the host. Okay. And me, Ronaldo Ray, and Myra J was on the show. Wow. Yeah. That's before I did the special with Whoopi Goldberg after she won her Academy Award. Okay. So when did you realize, like, this is something that, you know, that I want to do as far as a career? You know, because a lot of comedians, we know they got to pay their dues. You know, a lot of times comedians... And they still, don't. They still... <laughs> they don't. They don't anymore. Of course, you know. They'll take a joke. They'll steal a joke. And that's very disrespectful right. because the audience is the one that knows. Right. I've heard that joke. And I can actually profit off of this. When did that come into play? Well, to be honest with you, what happened was when Black Entertainment Television first started out, they had a game show called Tell Me Something Good. I remember that. And I started getting calls. They kept calling my manager, asking, could I be on the show? Okay. So I went on the show. I started getting a lot of fan mail. And that was basically the beginning. Mm. That was basically the beginning of Chris Thomas' debut mm. on performing, you right. know, going on the road. Right. Uh, don't forget, that was... Now this is what we this is nineteen eighties. Yeah, it wasn't 16, a whole lot of places all yeah. over. Everything was based on concerts. Right. There wasn't no comedy clubs. Right. There wasn't really no improvs or right. anything like that. I had the only night in DC, uh the Greenbelt Comedy Connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where everybody came right. to. This right. is Mont Lawrence and all this, yeah. A lot of people, this is, I introduced David Chappelle on stage for the first time when he was 14. Yeah, I about to say, he was, he was a, yeah, he was a middle so, school. So, uh, Bill Bellamy, he, Bill Bellamy credits me for letting him on. Okay. Uh, hamburger. Hamburger. A lot of comedians. <laughs> I had the only Sunday night that right. was jam-packed. Right. And I know Martin came through, this is after he was on, um, What's happening? What's happening now? He came and had, <laughs> I think it was his sister's birthday. Right. And he asked, could I, uh, uh, I think he came as a guest. I'm not sure. He wasn't performing there that weekend, but okay. he came and we did a happy celebration for his sister's birthday. Okay. So, so this is what I want to know. Like, we we know all the legendary comedians, and right. I know you probably got stories for days, man. I do. But just, just take us back. What was it like? Being Chris Thomas in the eighties, man, being a part, being a part of this this movement of these very influential comedians that just coming on the scene, right? And ha- and and now today we look at us pioneers, man. What was it like being a part of that? Well, BET made that possible because by it being the first black network, right? And they only had a couple shows that were video, so mm-hmm. um, tell me something good. And when they started Rap City, 
that was when things, I mean, for me. Yeah. That's when I became a historian. Right, right. That's when they start putting me on a level as Martin, mm. Martin Luther, and because I'm black, a lot of black people didn't have their own thing. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So that's when people start looking at me different. I okay. mean, even up today, I see people come to me crying and yeah. telling yeah. me, Ruben Stutter told me a story. He said, man, I used to run home and watch you. I remember one time, Will I Am from the Black Eyed yeah, Peas. He was at, we went to a party with Jamie Foxx and he was kept looking at him and he was like, are oh, you the guy that did the video with Public Enemy, Night of Living Bass Heads? They were just blown away. And, and people expect me to look right. old and big down. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, really, you know, because most entertainers, yeah. they, they, have a, they live a hard, or, a hard life. Right, a hard life. Yeah, live a hard life. Even though it's a, a yeah. good, easy life, right. but they drink, right. party. No doubt. And, um, and, and health is probably secondary. Right. No but I took care of myself. Okay. I knew it would be days like this. <laughs> did you know back then that you were making history or did you, were you just following, going, doing the motions or did you know that it was going to be so big and be what it became? I, I really did. I mean, because usually in our urban community, we don't, we don't give and learn the history like we should. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't, you know, you know Martin, right? But he stood for Mega Evans, right. Malcolm X, right? No doubt. But we don't want to learn our history on yeah. where it started, right? We tend to want to pick up where we are born, right? And this mm -hmm. is where it started. Yeah, the world started in nineteen eighty-six. Right. But then we'll know about the uh, George Washingtons and Abraham Lincoln, that, right? Exactly. You know, so. Or like um, black people started with slavery. Right. Right. Yeah, they yeah. want to tell you. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll stay on that point. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But I kind of look past that because there is no slavery now. Mm -hmm. We either going, you know, we're on a movement, but God made our, everyone a different color. Okay. And I believe that story. We all bleed. The blood is red. Okay. And we all are born to die. No doubt. So there is no one greater than yourself. No doubt. Other than okay, your creator, your no almighty God. Well, look, take this is what I want to know. Like, take me back. What was it like, you know, when you got that phone call to be the host of BET's Rap City? I had to audition like everybody else. Okay. But they knew in the back of their mind that I was the host of the Run DMC tour. Now, were you going around telling everybody, like your friends and family? No, right? I didn't. You know, because I didn't know you how know I would, you was going to get this. You know, you was going to get this, this, this role. I didn't know how I would fit in because when I went on to the show, they did. I didn't ever did teleprompter. Okay. I had to read a teleprompter and you I just me. didn't know. So there was times that you was reading because I had no idea. Well, just like you look like Johnny Gill. <laughs> I had to read the teleprompter. Comedians, man. But this dude look like Johnny Gill. I'm thinking I'm talking to I'm thinking I'm talking to Johnny Gill. I'm thinking about it. I'm about to go like this. My, 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 my. You got jokes. On that point, I got yeah. some jokes. I wanted you to check out this snippet from George Wallace. Check this out. What kind of password do grown men use? Try every variation of the word penis, followed by 69. How many variations of penis are there? Oh, that's a lot. Are you ready? Dong 69. Dong 69. Nope. Rod 69. Rod 69. Nope. Wiener 69. Wiener. Nope. Johnson 69. Johnson. Nope. How about Boner 69? Boner 69. 
That's it. All right, we're in. Thanks, Dad. I'm glad I could help. Uh, welcome back to the Bridging the Generation podcast. We are back with the legendary Chris, the Mayor Thomas. <laughs> this brother you know, is a riot. His brother's a riot, man. I like, you know, like I said, most of us when we think of you, man, we think you know you, you're you're well accomplished. Sex symbol. <laughs> you're well. You're, this brother is crazy. <laughs> you're well accomplished, man. But a lot of us know you from your, your, your tenure on BT. So you know, talk about some. What were some of the most memorable moments from uh, being on uh, BT as uh, you know being the mayor of Rap City? Oh. Uh, all, all of the uh, shows that I did on Rap City, um, I would say were good shows. Right. I would sometime that I had did a little bit more research on the artists that came on the show. Okay. Sometimes they would give me the bio just right. the day before, mm. you know. Uh, and when you have those in, intellectual, intelligent people like KRS-One and... Um, Queen Latifah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, because she didn't always, you know, she had the hat. Oh, yeah, know, the I remember the, the militant you Queen Latifah, yeah. And, and tell the kids, you couldn't just hop on your phone and Google nothing back then. Exactly. You, know, you had to exactly. actually do some research. Get that encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. But probably the, the the biggest, the most memorable time is when BET gave me a comedy award. Okay. They had, an, they had the TV show Comic View. Mm. Absolutely. And Steve Harvey, they did an award ceremony. And out of all the impressionists, they gave me wow. the award. It was called the Comic View Award. Mm. And that's what really brought tears to my eyes. Okay. Because I thought everything was politics. Mm -hmm. Hell, mm. I was on I was on Star Search and I got a perfect score the first time. And now I knew what I had to do. Right. And now I'm arguing with my, I'm arguing with the person I'm supposed to go up against. Mm. I'm arguing with him and arguing with Eggman Man's daughter about <laughs> can I do the same impressions right, when I right. talk like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were saying I can't do Bill Cosby and uh, John Wayne the next show. I'm saying, well, why, why is that? Because Sam Harris, remember Sam Harris? I'm Sam Harris. Somewhere yeah. with the rainbow. Mm -hmm. Every week he won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every week that right yeah, yeah. there right, right. made him win because he would hit that Patty LaBelle right that's somewhere over the hit rainbow. No, yeah. So I opened my mouth. I said, "Can I do the same impressions?" He said, "Oh no, we never thought about that. Mm. We'll call you the next tomorrow morning. Okay. Call me like five o'clock in the morning." Okay. We just said that you can't do the same impressions. I said, "Well, all right, I'll do ten more no doubt. new ones." Okay. But I already knew the politics was already involved. Mm. And my manager said, if you don't win, don't feel bad. Okay. Because we know you got a perfect score the first time. Right, right. Okay. So, look, you know, um, when you was on BT in Rap City, how, how long were you actually on? Because, you know, we a lot of guys. I was on five years. Yeah. I was on five years. Okay. I did not get fired. How did it come to it? Yeah, you, I, I got to get to it. I got to get to people want to know. So, like, how did it end? Why did it end? Because you I know. was making money doing comedy, right. and I wanted to move on. And they actually had promised me Comic View. Okay. But who ended up getting that job? They gave it to DL because I wasn't going to move to California. I wasn't going to move to California. But he did a great job. Okay. They wasn't paying that type of money. Back then. You mean I have to go out and host Rap City? I mean, host Comic View? Right. 
and get a job? Right. <laughs> Negro. So you was making you more money. You was making more, more money on the road than you was making on yeah, ET. And, and Prince State Jewel, mm-hmm. that's my buddy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Prince State Jewel was, um, he had just had a baby. Right. And that was his only income. Okay. And I knew that yes. it couldn't get past the guarantee money. Here. It could never get or past Chris Thomas, right? Because we I started it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I yeah. was up first. Okay. Now it could have been off if I didn't right. do the things that I had done. No doubt. There was a lot of rap shows that was on television that went off. Yes. Okay. Am I right? No, you, that's right about that. That didn't last as long as Rap City. Rap City lasted twenty years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, now, you, you jump started that thing, right? So I added, I added some back. comedy. Oh, well, it they, is coming back. It is coming back. Yeah. They said, "Who's the who? Who's gonna be the host?" They said, uh, "Big Tigger." Mm-hmm. Okay, Big Tigger. Okay, so now you know. As we wrap this interview up, man, when you think back of your career, man, what was some of the highlights, man? You know, I know I heard you just talk about the award. Right. What's some of the highlights? You know that you're most proud of. That I did it my way, and I'm doing it my way. No doubt, no doubt. You know, there's. I hear people come up to me and, when you're going to blow up? I don't know where that term came from. Right, right. But they don't understand. Hollywood, nowadays you can make your own self a star. Mm-hmm. And you, it just depends on you how long you want to yeah. how long you want to shine. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's not the talent that messes up most entertainers. Right. It's their way of thinking. No doubt. You know, they're not bigger than life. Right. Maybe when they first started. Because back then, it was just a few entertainers. Mm. It was Sidney Poitier and Sammy Davis Jr. No but now, they can make as much money. Right. But it's no big deal anymore. Yeah. It's not no. as big. It depends right. on... I believe... I, I don't believe in overexposure. I don't believe in people's folks to see you too much. Right. Mm-hmm. They should miss you sometimes. Exactly. No, oversaturation. Right. If you on every show every yeah. time, then guess what? Yeah, I ain't gonna say no names. Working. I ain't gonna say no names, but there's some brothers out here right. that. Yeah, I mean that you. It means that you're uh, working, but they're yeah. seeing you over time too. Right. Got to control the supply and demand. Right. There you go. You know? Well, they can miss you. Mm-hmm. No doubt. But then again, yeah. that's good when people see you too because they think they know you. Right. Right. No doubt. Well, look, brother, it's been an honor to have you on the uh, the platform, brother, man. You know, I, I want to give you your flowers while you're still here. Like we we talked about, you know. I ain't dead like, yet. Flowers. Yeah, I got to get You know, I did the original generation <laughs> podcast. You know, we're about, you know. ain't no hold out. Nah, we're about, we, we, we're about preserving the culture, uh, bridging the gap, man, as far as, you know, culture, uh, black culture, black entertainment, man. And you have been uh, a very, uh, you have played a very pivotal role in that, man. And I appreciate everything that you have uh, contributed to the culture, brother. And Malak, I want to thank you for being on Comedy Corner Extra at night and let me be on your show, your podcast, no which will be on his podcast. It's pod- it's We're going to show all the stuff. On the show, in the credits, and D, thank you. Thank you. Tell me she'll come back. No doubt. She will be back. She will be back. I'll be here. Hopefully you're going to be back. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. So, thank you. I want to thank DJ Five Star, and I want to thank all of you for checking the show out. Till next time, remember, it costs you nothing to love. It costs you everything to hate. I'm Chris Thomas. Till next time, Comedy Corner Extra at Night, signing off. And this is Malak Arif with the legendary 
Chris, the mayor, Thomas. It was a great honor to, to interview this brother. And um, it's going to be a part two, so tune in. But again, it's, it, this this is one of those uh, those moments that I had to check off, you know. Uh, and by the way, list. give him the podcast. And, and uh, the podcast is Bridging the Generation Podcast. It's available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, or pretty much every streaming service. So that's, that's pretty much it. And we're signing off. Have a good night. All right.